Welcome back to the Everything Property Podcast. Now, on today's episode, I thought it would be worthwhile. We just finished the end of the financial year, so I thought it'd be worthwhile to dive in and break down the numbers behind what it actually costs to hold an investment property. Now, a little bit of background and context. This particular investment property that I own is is my own. It was purchased in 2019 in Western Sydney. So if you do have an investment property, maybe it's in the same in New South Wales or in a different state, be a good episode to run your numbers against this to see what your expenses and income is. For those of you that don't own an investment property, it's probably going to be a good opportunity to get your head around and understand what are the expenses associated with an investment property, what do you need to know, what do you need to spend your money on, and what it looks like at the end of the financial year. To So to start it off, particular property uh, was rented between 475 and uh, went up to, during the financial year, $500 a week in rent. The total rent that I received was $23,460 in rent. Also received reimbursements for the water usage of $303.26. Now, for those of you playing along at home, may or may not know this, the way it works is your your taps or your shower needs to produce no more than nine liters of water a minute. So every time I have a new tenant that goes in to that property, plumber comes through, does the water test, confirms that yes, the, the taps and the shower heads are water efficient. And in that case, you then are able to charge the tenant for their water usage. Now, when you do get your water bill from Sydney Water, it's not just going to be usage. There's going to be a wastewater charge and some other charges. As the landlord and the property owner, I do need to pay for that. However, in terms of usage, you're able to charge that back to the tenant. You just have to make sure that it is in your rental agreement. So the two sources of income, 23460 for rent, $303.26 for water. Now let's look at expenses. To put in a little bit of perspective, this property that I bought is established home, quite a big block. I've re- renovated it when I bought it. It was uh, an older home. I think it's 1950s, 1960s. So I can't claim any depreciation on it. However, I just got in there, changed a few things, um, did a little bit of a light cosmetic renovation to make sure that it was renting and in the best possible nick. So the expenses that I occurred over the last financial year, there was a $297 bill from the electrician. We had some fuses blown and some rewiring that needed to be done. So I had to pay that. I pay $75 a year for smoke alarms and what that is i think that's an industry standard and 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 something that you need to have as a landlord but essentially someone to come through and check a couple times a year that the smoke alarms are on and working in the property 75 dollars you know set and forget peace of mind I, I, I pay that every day of the week instead of having to drive out to this property check it myself and drive home it's gonna that's gonna that in itself is gonna take a couple of hours plus any expenses um, as you guys know tax deductible. So of course, $75. Now this particular property, as I said, it was quite old. I think it was probably one of the first or maybe the second hot water system it ended up going. So I had to replace that with a brand new hot water system. That 
in particular was um, $1,531.82. So full-blown uh, hot water, new hot water system. Now, when the tenants changed over, um, what I also organized through the real estate agent was to get some professional photos taken. I see it all the time when I'm looking at properties to rent. Sometimes people just go in there and take photos with their iPhones. I would strongly recommend you talking to your real estate agent, the guy that you bought the house from or the people that you're managing it with and get some professional photos taken. They've got a guy that goes through and does all their properties and it's super cheap. In this case, it cost me $185. It was when the property was fully vacated and now I can use them for the life of the property every single time that it goes up for releasing and um, to get leased again, I can use the same properties. They're professional, they're clean, uh, they've got the particular lens, the wide angle lens, so they just make the property look a million dollars and trust me, first appearances are everything and when you have a professional photo on the listing I guarantee that it brings in the right clientele as I said there was a change in the tenants so there was a $500 letting fee that we that we paid to the property manager and the property management fees were $1,081.92 um, for those of you that don't know, they come out on a fortnightly basis when they when they pay you the rent from the tenants. They take that expense out, so I don't have to pay that money up front. It's about, it, I think, for this particular property, it's between five and five and a half percent. So depending where you are, especially east coast of Australia, the higher up you get in Queensland, the higher that that percentage fee goes up towards the eight percent. Five point five six is pretty standard almost everywhere else. Now, water rates in, in terms of wastewater and that kind of stuff, $646.58. And then there was some administration and documentation fees and interview summary fees that was $65.55. Now, the last three expenses incurred on this property, one was the council rates, so $1,712.00. The way the council rates work, they are paid quarterly. Now, if you want, and and what I've been doing for a few years now, and I feel like it's set and forget and worry-free, is that you get the council to issue the rates to your property manager, and your property manager will pay the rates out of the rent. So for this uh, for these particular rates, uh, they're about four twenty, four thirty a quarter. So instead of having to fork that money out of my wallet. The property manager pays it out of rent that they collect and then the on when the fortnightly payment comes from the property manager, it's obviously a little bit less because they've already paid that expense. But you get a, you get a summary every fortnight or every month um, depending on when you get it from the property manager that says all that. Now, for the next expense is interest paid on the loan. Uh, this particular property, I paid $11,320 in interest. Now, the way that it works is interest you pay on an investment loan is tax deductible. The principal amount is not. So hence why if you just buy and own a house that's your principal place of residence, the interest and the principal aren't, aren't tax deductible. When you have an investment, interest is tax deductible. So that $11,320 is. This particular loan is set to P&I. So the principal amount is not included in that and I'm not able to um, deduct it as an expense. The last expense incurred for this particular property was insurance. Now, different people have different appetites for risk. 
I like to sleep very well at night. So I insure the entire property for landlord's insurance. So that covers the property if it's damaged by the tenants, if the tenant doesn't pay and natural disasters and all that kind of stuff. The insurance is was $2,138 this year. The premiums went up a little bit going on last year. However, I went to a bunch of different insurance companies to get quotes and purely because of the type of house and its age, unfortunately, the premium's a little bit more expensive. Now, there is different ways where if I wanted that premium amount to come down, that 2138 to come down, I could insure it for less. Um, however, I like to bump up given the amount that uh, construction rates are increasing these days. I've actually got it probably insured for what I know it can be rebuilt for now or, you you know, in 10, 11 months time, say if anything was ha- was to happen to it, to ensure that was covering. There's no use dropping that insurance amount down, you know, only paying a thousand bucks a year and, you know, something goes wrong and you're getting a payout of $200,000 to build a new house because everyone knows that a three bedroom, uh, one bathroom, one car house, you're not going to be able to build it for that much. So 2,138. So in terms of a, a, a final wrap up uh, for this property, the total income, so that was the rent plus the water was... $23,763.26 and the total expenses, everything I've just discussed with you today, that's everything. Everything that goes on my end of year tax was $19,607.32. Now, when you when you look at my net position after the year, so that's income minus expenses, I am left in a net position of $4,155.94, just over four grand. Now, you're probably thinking that does not sound like a good deal. I bought this house for high 400,000s back in 2019. Now, the property's worth probably high sevens, close to eight. The property's roughly grown $75,000, a year since I've bought it. So, yes, I don't get paid in positive cash flow, so to speak, um, because it is a principal and interest loan. Um, I've paid more than $4,155 in principal's amount, so I'm, I'm probably out of pocket. The whole reason why it still makes sense anyways after this is because the property is growing at that seventy-five dollars to $80,000 a year. Um, I, I, I may definitely, all things considered, move this on to an interest-only loan um, shortly. Whilst that $4,155 on paper is my net positive position, um, what would generally happen is that gets added on to my taxable income. So say I earned $60,000 this year from my main employer, it would then go up to $64,155 and I'd need to pay tax on that. My employer has only been taxing me at as if I'm earning $60,000. So I would actually need to come up with whatever that taxable rate is, like 30% of that $4,155 $4,155 to be paid in tax. So $1,200, bucks, i would have to come up and pay that in tax. Unfortunately, in my case, because it is a P&I uh, loan, I'm not actually $4,155 in the green. I'm probably um, in a 
neutral position because I have paid some of the principal off as well. Um, but that is just the case with P&I loans. That's probably an episode for another podcast in terms of principal and interest versus interest only loans. However, I just wanted to essentially break this down to show show everyone at home, everyone listening, what is the income and what are the expenses that you're really dealing with for an investment property. This particular property, it's pretty old. So you have some maintenance and stuff in their hot water system, electrical and, and that, but definitely nothing huge. So I hope everyone took some learnings from this. If you do own an investment property in Southwest Sydney, I would love to hear what your expenses are slash how you went on the financial year um, in terms of on paper costs and capital growth. And also, if you're thinking about buying an investment property and you had any questions regarding expenses or costs, let me know. I've done my best to cover it, but any questions, feel free to jump head over to our Instagram page and send a DM or send an email and um, I'll get back to you ASAP.